Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hi. Pleased to meet you. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about something Star Wars in this episode. We went through our shortest series yet. It was like a blink of an eye, and we got Kenobi, we got some therapy, and we sent him back out into the world of Tatooine to go live his best Ewan McGregor life. And we're here to talk about it. So we are wrapping up Kenobi this week. I am Hope. This is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. Actually, we were talking about this last week. What'd you think of Mando's season premiere? It was underwhelming. It was not bad, but it was it was just sort of like a lot of really nice set pieces and then a lot of wheel spinning stuff that we already knew that they that from the book of Boba Fett that they could have put in the last week on, you know, at the beginning of it. And there was one thing on it that really disturbed me, like while watching it. And that was when they went back to uh um, why can't I remember the name of the planet? Carl Weathers' planet. Oh, Navarro. Navarro. And it's all fixed up and cleaned up. It looks like they filmed it at like that new Disney park. It was too cleaned up. It had that like clean um, pan- uh, panorama isn't the right word. Diorama disney sort of look like they you know like they just cleared out the street after closing time and and like you know there were because you could tell it was a real set there were like growing trees on it and stuff and well remember it's supposedly two years passed between season two and season three yes yeah i know it was just it was too it looked and it was weird because they've been using the volume and this was like practical and all of a sudden it looked super fake because it looked to it looked like it actually makes a point that like Navarro's been Disneyfied, you know, it's been like made clean and safe and is a tourist attraction and stuff. But it just looked too it looked too canned. It it was too like but that might be um cool if it turns out because it seems like he's up to something, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like he's a little little Rick shady? Out this? Yeah. Yeah. I... Like he's lying, lying to Mando a little bit and it might be like there might be, you know, there's there's trouble brewing there underneath the surface and the Mando sort of helps him out. But it I might be it he as... might be. Oh, go ahead. He, I, I don't know. Like if, if that turns out to be like and like he was just putting on a show, you know, everybody was acting really cool because the Mandalorian was there, then that might be really really that might be a really nice touch but as it sits just like if because they were really playing his ego in this one and you know like showing that he's got droids to hold his cape up and that you know some you know 
yeah, yeah, that he might not be as on the level as as he's presenting himself to be. I I took it as I, I took it as um he really truly does want this change, but he's not I've, okay. Three factors. So I, I think grief's story arc is he really does want this change. He really does believe in this change. But factor number one is he will still fucking throw down and kick ass if he needs to, which is like why he looks nice on the outside, but he still has blasters underneath. But I also think the second thing is, is he's not quite as important yet as he thinks he is. So I, I didn't take it as him hiding things. I think he's trying to like talk a big show, but he's not there yet. Y- you know, it's the, um, kind of, like the Jack Sparrow kind of thing of just like, oh, I'm going to, haven't you heard all these stories about me? And people are like, no. And he's like, well, you should. And by the, and like, that's how stories grow. Um, but it, well, I, he I might do... oh, oh, ahead. sorry. No, no, you're good. He, he might've got the place like fixed up and then get, got in over his head and had to be a little shady to keep things, you know, keep the surface going but he yeah he might be in over his head. he might be lines. hiding that he's in over his head it seemed like he was hiding something they, say something, hi- they say something along the lines of the episode where the the pirates were like you know grief you and i like you and our our pirate overlord guy used to work together and he helped get you power here and now you're just gonna drop us like they, there was some sort of exchange there where right you used to have ties with them, and now that he's going clean, the pirates are like, what the fuck? We see that you have all this money. Why are you dropping us? Because, you know, or, they're trying to drink or, in a school. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. They helped pay for the bar. They were like, we paid for this bar. It was a bar, and he's yeah. like, school. And they're like, well, we're going to fucking drink here anyway. We paid for it. Yeah, there might be more to that. I mean, if they they introduced it, so there'll probably be more to it. But yeah, I thought it, if, it was, general, it was generally the, okay. I like the Bad Batch better to the surprise. Yes, I, I did. This week's Bad Batch was like excellent. Finally, Zil- like Zil- I Zil- just Beast. chomped my teeth into that one, boy. Mm-hmm. For one thing, I got to, without spoiling anything, I got to uh, have a moment where all of a sudden <laughs> I hear your voice in my head going, "Hey, everybody! Hi! Hi. I, I'd like to get some electricity. Zil- any electricity? Oh, here's some. Is this a water fountain?" Hey, what are you doing? Why are you yep. shooting at me? Whoa. <laughs> but they're 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 finally tying every they're finally starting to tie in some stuff. They're finally starting to uh they're starting to like they like put some threads into the old the old palp vats. So I I like that that you know sort of I, that that that's you know I don't even really think of the sequel trilogy too much, but when I do, I want to. The thing I'm most interested in is is Palp's path back, you know, to make it interest to 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 make it more than Palpatine somehow is returned. A lot, you know, the, the like the worst, like just right off retcon line you can do. Maybe because so, it's so joking, it, like it's really grown on me over the years. But I hate that, well, like yeah, in a cam- funny way. It's, it's campy and it, but it's bad. It's just bad. But you know, but like, 
if if you're gonna ex- like if there's anything I want to know, I, it's you know details just about like the politics that led to between Return of the Jedi and there and Palpatine between Return of the Jedi there. That would that's that's the interesting stuff I took out of there, and that's the stuff that I would love to have like would would improve the movies a little bit you know to to give them a little more co- a stronger context to exist in you know up to a point but um yeah they're, they're starting to do that stuff and like and it's great and it and it and it picks up a thread left off years ago in clone wars and yeah here, you know so you know that's it that's great you want to see palp's plans <laughs> evolving over the years you know that's kind of cool so i i enjoyed it thoroughly yeah for me i mando at first was fine but the more i thought about it there was a a lot packed into the episode thematically um not plot wise but there's a lot of thematic character stuff going on with mando so it like it was one of those things like the more i kind of chewed on it the more i was like there's a lot more here than meets the eye. Because I, I felt very underwhelmed, too. But the more I kind of sat on it, I liked it. But to the surprise of no one, Bad Batch knocked it out of the fucking park. And what yeah. sucks is that, like, live action will over, always overshadow animation. And I'm 99% sure we're getting a Crosshair episode tomorrow. And I just know Mando's going to overshadow it. Like, I, I, I wrote about it today. Um, Jennifer Corbett, the showrunner was a, wrote a tweet yesterday and was like, you guys have been asking and asking and asking about this person. Look out for the outpost tomorrow. The outpost is the name of the episode. And then she had a gif from the movie all, si- all quiet on the Western front. And I'm just like, that's a fucking crosshair episode tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah, like to I I loved Bad Batch. Like I thought it was such a nice mix of everything they've been setting up this season. I love the new villain. It's me, of course. I love the villain. Doctor Hemlock is a delicious step up from Rampart. Rampart He's a was step up, yeah. Rampart was that season one villain of Rebels, and now we're in the season two villain who is clearly making this personal he might not know he's going after the bad batch but being a cloning expert like he's making it personal for them i love him lock well he's and and the other guys the other guys covering up the bad batch so it's good there's all sorts of trouble brewing yeah and now all of us now all of a sudden that now all of a sudden omega's like been identified as someone they have to go after so like yeah mm-hmm. and and so you can't yeah, I am. you can't. You won't be able to cover up the bad batch. I I forgot who it was, but someone pointed out that like Rampart was like the face of like the bad guys that who's like trying to like keep it all together and like keep this in it on the Palpatine side and kind of being the nice guy side of stuff. Hemlock is the guy behind the scenes who will just shank you and keep going. Like he'll do yeah. whatever it takes to get it done, and that makes him so much more dangerous. Like. It's so like you you should always fear the people behind the scenes more than like the front facing puppets because they're way more powerful and Hemlock's not going to take anything for for like any bullshit. He's just going to be like, oh, you're in my way. Slice your throat. 
Anyway, what yeah. are we doing on Tuesday? Step over body. Keep going. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, this just suddenly got so much better. <laughs> so I'm very excited. So, but yeah, tomorrow, round two of Star Wars crossing over each other for <laughs> it's going to be a month. Anyway, but we're here to talk about Kenobi. So we can get into Andor next week. I'm going to wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Yep, 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 yep. And feel free to edit this out, Chris. Um, we are changing the format next week. We we agreed on that, right? Where I'm just going to recap the entire episode from the, the top. Episode. And then we'll just yes. talk, it, talk about it from yes. there. Yeah, so uh, we are changing the format of J-Guys for Andor. And where instead of breaking into three acts, I will recap the entire episode from the top. And then we're just going to talk about the episode as a whole. Then we're just going to blab. It's going to be it's it's going to be like I don't think like it like it'll I think there'll be a long one at the top of the first arc and then like regular discussion. Then when we get into the all I I think every arc is going to open up like with a big show with a lot. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But like like, I can see it by going by arc. Yeah, but mostly listeners, I'm just letting you know that we are changing the format of the show for Andor. And if it's something that you guys like it, like if you like that new format, we might keep it for the future. So just, you know, when we start Andor, see how you like it and please let us know. We'd love to hear from you if you'd rather do it that way instead of three act breakdown. So, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how your uh, vocal cords like it. (laughs) Well, that's That's the the nice thing. Well, that's the thing, because uh, what I can do is after I go through it, um, I can like let well, you start on your notes to like rest my throat for a second. <laughs> that's true, and I also that's why, if you that's synopsize the whole thing, it won't be it won't really be as long as like doing three acts because you'll be writing it more for synopsizing the whole story. So you know it, it'll be longer, but it probably won't be like. It would be the equivalent well, we'll of putting, see. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be the equivalent of putting right. like the three re- act recaps together. So, but because yeah. I've already been sort of thinking about how I'm going to be doing it too, because there's so many story threads bouncing around. So, um, I, I was already we're just sort getting of, more efficient. Hope we're getting more efficient. Yeah, but we would love to. We are like as we said, we're changing. We're changing the format starting with Andor. We would love to hear from you guys if you after a few Andor episodes, let us know how you like the format and we'll go from there. So all right. So if you've never come to one of our season recaps, hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show. And the way this works is we start off with questions that we both answer, that we uh have, and then Chris and I answer uh, Chris and I wrote qu- questions for each other. And after that, I get to do my evolution, and I'm very excited about the evolution this time. So, I thought about this last week, and I was like, "Yes!" So, our first question for about Obi Wan Kenobi season: Let's rank all the episodes and why we ranked them that way, and why. And it was really funny because I wrote Chris, and I was like, "This is the hardest ranking I've done so far." Like, it's. I've been working on this for like 20 minutes. And Chris was like, I did it in 30 seconds. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so do we want to start with our number sixes and work our way up? Yeah. What was your least favorite episode of Kenobi and why? It was episode two. Um, where they were, where they're getting chased around the planet. 
and it had lots as as all of them this has lots of nice stuff this one was the one story-wise it had the most wheel spinning like running around with the volume so like running running in circles and and just a lot of like repeated beats and stuff it was the most like feel feeling like it was sort of a padded spot in the story where they had to pad it out a little to fill in the episode so it just hit my bottom it's still got an, like an eight i think <laughs> oh yeah my, this should, is my lowest should, scoring episode so we should be clear yeah. we we scored high on every episode of kenobi like yeah. i think all of ours i i didn't i didn't have any 7.5s i my all mine were yep. eight and up yep so when we say least favorite we're actually still talking about very high ranking episodes yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a very it's a, not a steep curve at all <laughs> And that's why it was actually so hard for me because I knew my number one and I knew my number six. My two and my three are tied. My four and my five are tied. And they could switch depending on my mood. Like this was like the, it was that close in splitting hairs for me that my two through five choices are essentially bunched together and they could all change up at any time. Like it was that close. <laughs> so... Um, for my my least favorite, it's the same one. I think part two is the weakest episode. I'm actually really glad when it aired, it aired with episode one because it would have been a bit of a follow up. Um, but there's still a lot of good stuff. Like I love Haja's introduction. I think Haja is a great character. I love that intro. Um, I love watching Obi Wan starting to like come out into the real world, and he was just like, "Oh God, I don't know how to people anymore." And I do like the Breaking Bad scene. But for all the same reason, reasons you said, it just feels a little bit wheel spinny. The Inquisitors are just kind of there. Um, I do like Riva's parkouring. <laughs> that was great across yeah. the, the rooftops. Um, and it does have my grounded boyfriend, which is always great. But yeah, it, it, you, it was one of the two episodes where I really felt the volume and it felt small. And even though they're on like the brightest, most colorful, most campiest planet, it doesn't feel like that, and yeah. it, it felt very like we had to kind of put in 40 minutes worth of stuff or whatever. So, I, I agree. So, what was your number five? Number five was episode five. It's funny, because we have the same one. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're right, right at the same at the end. Um, it, again, a solid episode, like, with a lot of really neat scenes in it. It, it was just one for me like like most of my gripes have to do sort of with the like you know the the not not the writing certainly but like the 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 amount of story that they have in only six episodes and this was where the seams of like you know Riva Riva's character are starting to show a little bit like for me because we just haven't had enough time with her compared to all these other characters who are like loaded up with baggage and uh yeah so that's that's why mine was was five but it definitely wasn't spinning any wheels in this episode they really don't spin any wheels in any of the other episodes to tell the truth actually yeah um five was my number five as well i 
I, I love, there's so much good stuff, like, this is when, like, Grande reveals that he's not dead, and he comes out, he's right. just like, hello there, Reva. Oh, yeah, you were anticipating this, the, the episode, at the end of the episode, the lo- episode before this, you were just like, next week we get my gloating Grande. And, my gloating Grande, it's yeah, the best. You're already, you're already excited about it, you know, so, oh, we know. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And I really like, again, I like Roka, Roken and Hasha here as well. Um, and I like all the pieces. I do think the execution is off. Um, I'm, it makes me sad that Tala died, but it is a big thematic character for Leia. So, but I, I still kind of hate that because she's just so dang cool. But for like, the execution does feel off. Like, I don't notice production stuff, and I felt the volume. I felt the volume in that tiny space. And if I notice that stuff, the execution's off. But but I agree. Like, I like all the Reva stuff. It just is the Boba Fett thing. Like, it needs more time, which I'll get into more because we have questions about that. And we'll, we're going to talk about that a lot, probably. So, yeah. But five was my five. What was your four? This is funny. My episode, my four is four. My f- four and five are four and five. Uh like I mean, I loved the setting of this. But this is also, this is the Inquisitorious uh, yes, Fortress Inquisitorious, and, because we're actually not naming titles. We should actually probably explain what episodes these are. This is the Fortress Inquisitorious was, one. And it was, yeah, Joe Camel's in it. Everything's green and foggy and evil. All the floors and walls are black. It's just, it's great. It's it's reminiscent of the animation. It's very much like, you know, animation, Star Wars animation inspired. And, uh, and, but, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's not a lot I really don't like about it, but it just, yeah. It, it was just kind of there was there was there was a lot of like hiding and chasing and and that stuff. All all of these went down. Yeah, I'm I, I guess I, I'm trying to look for things to say why why I didn't like it, but I did. I, I liked this episode. It's just uh, you liked this episode, it, but everything else was better. I, I liked everything above it better. Yeah, which yeah. is which is fine. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. My number four, um, and again, this is tied with my third entry as well because I, I really was splitting hairs here. Essentially, here's where we fir- here's here's the first one where we sort of diverge too. Yeah, um, for me, it was the final episode that was my number four. It is a solid ending. I love Riva's redemption. It did what it needed to do. But I do think that it was a little rushed. We needed more of the stuff with, like, Luke, Owen, and Baru. Um, And I think what really put it lower than everything else for me is it does have that kind of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, multiple endings that we have to touch base with everybody um, and make sure everything's tied up with a bow. Um, it's, It's really the third act that puts this lower than everything else for me so i but that's that's everything it's so great i'm all here for baru fucking bitch slapping reva and like bringing out a fucking arsenal of weapons (laughs) like it was so good 
So, but yeah, I, I think it was, I, I just liked everything else better. So, what was your number three? My number three is episode one. Which, I really liked a lot. <laughs> just, not as much as, you know, this is this one's in my top three. It was a good, good, good starter. Very cinematic. And, uh, you know, very cinematic and very reminiscent of the prequels. So I was just sort of bathing in, in that aspect of it. And, and it was, you know, and out comes Ewan McGregor and he's like given 110%. But yeah, that's, that's my number. I really liked it. My number three was episode four, which was the Fortress Inquisitorious episode. Uh-huh. Um, that Terra Sinube moment still hit so goddamn hard. <laughs> like, the, just seeing the tombs still hits really hard. Um, I love a lot of the animation ties, but, like, really what does it for me in this episode is Tala. Like, she carries that episode, and she's such a capable character. The fact that she looks at Reva, and, like, even Reva's like, I literally can't tell if you're lying or not. Yeah, no, huh. she goes... Yeah, she goes right up to the, you know, she's she's like playing the part of the Imperial. She's she'll go right up to an Inquisitor and be like, "Look." <laughs> right. Um it's... Tala really carried the episode for me, and I love the introduction to Roken. Um I love the back backstory with his wife, like um so I but really this is so high for me because Tala and Bill Burr would have been a great pair even though they're out of out of sync time-wise. She would, would be much older. Characters, yeah, they would have been great characters. They they remind me. She reminds me a little bit of a. They both remind me of Tarantino characters that are like super strong and like aggressive about what they're doing. You know. What was your number two? My number two is number three. Um. Excuse me. Oh. I, 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 I love the mole man and I love the three three got me because I was not expecting them to fight <laughs> this soon you know halfway through the show so three caught me totally like blindsided me and I appreciated that so yeah I, I really liked it um my number two was the first episode uh it's such a strong start. You really get the tone and the direction. You get the feel of like where Obi-Wan is, what place he is. I got my grande back. He opens the show chewing the fucking scenery, chewing every scene and spitting it out. Love it. But really the biggest thing for me was Leia was such a surprise. I remember watching it for the first time and just being like, oh my God, because they didn't promote Leia at all. There was no promotion of they, Leia. They, yeah, they, they and, were purposely holding out on that. And that was so smart because it still to this day gets me that this entire show is about Leia and Obi-Wan. And like she's the one on the journey, not Luke. And that still is just such a powerful setup. So like that, yeah, the first episode is so, so strong. So, And what was your number one episode of Kenobi, Chris? The last episode, not 
because I necessarily thought it was the best episode, but it was the most important one for me because they had to stick the ending. And they did Lord of the Rings the ending, but they stuck it, you know? They it 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 it, it made the the whole thing made sense for me to exist and and it wouldn't be determined till the end and and it I was surprised, but it by by the episode six, I wasn't really surprised because I was digging it by then. But yeah, yeah, uh, episode six gets my number one just because it did what it had to do to seal the whole deal. Yeah, um, and my number one was episode three <laughs> because I think it's the perfect middle episode. It has that like low point that like dark low point where you should be coming yeah. out of that episode. And it's just executed so well. I love uh, Tala's intro where she just uh, comes in. She's just like, hi, we get to see the path and all the cool like Easter eggs of like the High Republic symbol in there and like the walls of the path. Um, the it's, it's two things that like really like tip this over. One is my favorite scene of the entire show, which is Freck. That scene is so chilling and it's so there's so much tension and it's so scary where you meet this friendly alien and it turns out he has a fucking Imperial bumper sticker on his car. And then the the stormtroopers show up. That entire scene is just so tense. And it also I love him talking about Padme to Leia and that. And then there's Monster Vader. Vader going through that town like a like a freaking like Wendigo or something, like a monster yeah. just destroying lives just to be petty. Is and and then the whole like horror scene of him chasing Obi-Wan. Like you you guys know me. I bitch about the dark scenes. This was a dark scene done done right because it's Vader hiding in the darkness as the monster. And yeah, like it was so well executed beginning to end. Even though they were in like space California. <laughs> so <laughs> I I loved it. Episode three was fantastic. Ten for ten. Recommend. <laughs> so, um, so the next question is, who is the best developed character of the show? The, the, it's a given, so we're gonna talk about other people. But what's yeah, your answer? Yeah. This is the Obi Wan therapy show. It I mean, be it's, his name <laughs> is the title of the show, so there you go. Yeah. So. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll talk you about know, the he, other characters. <laughs> Obi Wan, Le- Leia, and <clears throat> Reva all have sort of. Well, Leia doesn't have a trauma arc, although she does have a little bit like she's you know, on she her trauma arc. <laughs> she doesn't know her par- par- Yeah, she's on her trauma arc. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, but Le- Leia's, Leia's character is just sort of set. It you know we know where she's going, so this gets to sort of color it in. And and Riva's is just you know we get all the the parts we need for it, but we don't get to know Riva like you know we know Leia or or Obi Wan you know, so the, they're sort of underdeveloped. So Obi Wan, I mean, he gets he gets the 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 best arc, I guess. As you should. This is his therapy yeah. show. So, yeah. Um, for me, yes, it's Obi Wan. But I actually said Tala. Um, they introduce her very well. They give her her backstory. They shade her in. 
they show how she's capable. They understand, like you understand her means and methods of why she's doing everything in the path. And they talk about her trauma, about her actions helping to lead to the deaths of children. And then they give her a ending. I, yeah. I think they, she was only in three, four, and five. And she had a solid, solid three episodes. Um, but it was I, more like she didn't really have an arc because she didn't have to like make a change her decisions. It was more of just like they did a good job of in, like introducing her character and having her character do her thing. You yeah, know? but you were just so, saying that we like you put Reva on your list, but you said you don't know who we are. We know who Tala is in half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that said, I do love I do love Reva's arc. I think she is the other person um, after Obi Wan. I don't think it's the best executed, but I do like her arc. Um, I like I, I like her arc, yeah. But that that's why I would like to see it better developed, so it, it has yeah. more like. And, and we'll even, you don't even have to that. develop her arc better. You just have to you just have to develop her character. But like, but you know, to be fair, Tala doesn't have to go you know she doesn't have to make a character change like reva yeah. does so it's always said was you can, best you can put all your energy into like tala being like this is who i am and blah 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 because she only had you know yeah because always said was the best so. developed character we didn't have to it doesn't have to be character arcs just the best developed character is which is the question um, but we'll like we we have I I know the later questions. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into Riva because that's coming. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the next question is, who's the least developed character of this season and why? Hands, well, you know, I mean, you can pick any any side character, you know, whatever. But hands down, it's Vader because he's, you know, he's he's part. That's why I didn't include him in the arcs above because he's still sort of on an arc, but he really doesn't. He really doesn't get it. He his arc is more like an arc to an ass whooping, and and he really does he isn't really able to get out of his trauma and and crawl up out of his own ass until Poppy Palpatine's like, look, buddy, get to work, you know, and and <laughs> the Grand Inquisitor pull, can't be the only one doing her taxes. Pull that truck over and fucking head off in another direction and leave Obi-Wan alone. And yeah, dad. Okay. And, and that, you know, but yeah, Vader's Vader's just Anakin's just, he's just a dope man. He's just not going to fucking, he just doesn't, he's not going to learn till the last gasp of life. <laughs> till the last possible second. Yeah. I mean, God Vader... bless him. I do agree with Vader. Like he's not supposed to change in this show, so I do agree with that. So outside of him, I would have liked to see Roken do more. I because I was I, actually thinking about I'll it. I bet you there's scenes of him on the cutting room floor. I'll bet. I, I feel I, like I almost, it too. It makes me feel. I I feel that they're just like they're like ah, we got that actor on contract for you know a possible spinoff. So you know. I, I can't remember where I said it, but like somewhere in this outline is I recalled Roken doing more and then rewatching it. I was like, he didn't do as much as I thought he did. No, he was just sort of a, he was just sort of a emotional exposition person, you know, who would come over and and pose an emotional point to Obi-Wan, you know, to 
that would that would uh, accent, you know, whatever Obi Wan was going through, or yeah, or yeah, uh, or someone to move the plot along with, like our hyperdrive's yes. done. Yes. Yeah, like I, I just yeah, that's the thing. Like I just remembered him doing more, and then rewatching it, I was just like, "You really he's didn't kinda, do that much." <laughs> he's kind of prompting, prompting Obi Wan. Yeah. Either plot wise or emotional wise, yeah. Like Haja does more, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now, granted, Haja did have more time. Like Haja came in episode two, and Roken came in episode four. So, like, Haja did have more time to work Yeah, with. we didn't really mention his arc, because he does have a pretty pronounced arc from beginning to end, from pure con man to, like, realizing that Obi-Wan Kenobi knows he's a con man and still trusts him. That's pretty I, good. I do think that, too. I do... I, I would say Haja is my, definitely my honorable mention. I mean, to, to get into the next question, uh, who are some of our favorite side characters of the season and why? All the path. Like, I do really like Haja. Um, that, that's I, why I didn't mention him. I knew you were going to. <laughs> yeah, because I, I love—I actually love everybody in the path. Like Tala was great, Roken was great, but I really like Hasha, and I like that he does have an arc where he does take on the tendencies of being a Jedi, but he never loses who he is. Like he has that great moment where Obi Wan arrives after they saved Leia, and he's just like, "Haja, it's so good to see you." And he's like, "Yeah, I came here because I wanted to help people. Also, look at all the money I can make here." And Obi-Wan's like, okay. <laughs> like, he still changes, but he doesn't lose that. It's kind of like Hondo. Hondo does change, but he doesn't lose what makes him a pirate. So Haja, and Haja's the same boat. Like, he changes, but he doesn't lose that kind of scammer underneath it. So he still has that. And I, I do like that balance. And that's a really hard balance to, like, strike with a character. And I think they get it just right with Haja. Um, and a lot of that is Kumail, uh, Kumail Nanjiani is acting. Like, he's really good at that balance because he's just that good of an actor. Um, I'm going to let you do uh, the yours now because I have two others and we, we uh, share one. Obi-Wan's Jawa girlfriend. You mean Pelimoto's future Jawa girlfriend? Like, Tika and like 25-year-old Pelimoto are totally, Maybe. like, raw-dogging it. Maybe. I might, I might actually write some slash fiction about that under a name and see if people can find it. I can't um, believe and, I didn't I didn't name this one because this is my favorite moment and I forgot. And fascist mole man. Oh I love also, Greg. I mean I, he's a I don't love him as a as a person but I like, love to hate as him. A I love that man, character. But it's yeah he's a he's he's a yeah you usually have like good or bad characters and he's just a he's just a big doofus that, that you know that's a fascist at heart, but he's big, friendly doofus, and he'll give you a ride. But he's also like thinking he might be able to turn you in. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you ought to get checked out. You know? Yeah, that, it's, it's... that is absolutely like like I can't believe I forgot Freck in this question, which I'm I'm so glad you named him because it really is. I think we exp we described it as an Andor moment suddenly dropped in the middle of this show because that's yeah. exactly what. But it it's is. still it's still. Tonally in this in this show, but it's yeah, yeah, he's a character. He's he's more like yeah, an Andor like character. Um, I also mentioned Tika. I love that sassy Jawa, and of course my grande boyfriend. Oh my god, I can't believe we got him in live action. And Rupert Friend played him so wonderfully, and he just chews up 
every freaking scene he's in. He's so sassy and he's like sashaying around. He actually has a cape. He doesn't have a cape in Rebels, but he has a cape here. And he's just so delightfully over the top. Like he has it cranked up to 21 and every scene he's in just drinking up all the screen <laughs> and i all love the, all this... the acting and scenes he didn't get to do before <laughs> you yeah know? i because i i love rebels grande and i love rebels grande for a different reason than i love kenobi grande they're 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 very much the same characters but they are also grandes in two different parts of his life because that grande is like what uh 15 five years later five years later so this grande is grande at his height rebels grande is they've done a job and the rebel like the uh inquisitors the the inquisitors have done their job so well there's really no more jedi so they've been sitting around and twiddling their thumbs and he's just like oh my god a jedi to hunt fucking you god we've been doing nothing for five years (laughs) so there is a difference in that character of grande at his height his evil height versus We've been idle for five years, and now we're finally getting to do stuff again. So I just, I, I love the two Grandes, because they are very much the same character. But they're just, I, 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 this is not a TED talk about Grande boyfriend. Let's move on, because I could go off for a long time. Um, What moment could you, I can't read. What moment uh, do you wish was handled better in the season? I think that in episode six, the the end with Luke Beru and and uh, Owen versus Riva, that moment could have been lot. We needed like we also needed a little more of. We needed like, it's good to see Luke and Beru or Beru and Owen getting to act, but like having them with Luke together on the farm just more would have c- cemented made that it would have it would have made that scene a little more exciting and ha- more tension the same with Riva you know uh, basically that scene just sort of happens at the end you know there's nothing they they sort of they do the what you have to do to lead up to it but it just sort it just sort of happens you know and they set up some tension of like is she going to kill it you know or is she going to catch him and did she kill him and stuff like that but I think it would have been really, really had a, you know, they could have put a lot more, they, they, there, could, there could have been a lot more investment in, in those characters if they'd had more time to, to develop it, you know? Because mm-hmm. we'd spend a lot of time with Leia and then all of a sudden we've got Luke and all he really gets to do is sort of run, you know? Which... And, and I understand that decision. I probably would have made that decision too, but of not making Luke more of a character but like I don't know I think it would have would have been <clears throat> you you would have felt more of a intrusion upon their you know uh, it, it was using a lot of you know we know that that's her ranch we've seen it through both two trilogies you know but yeah that was the only one I could think of you know I agree I think for me it's a different reason um, cause the, I, I do think there needs to be more time around episode five and six. Um, and I think I'm going to ignore what I wrote here because I realized what it was. It was the setup that was off for me. It was all because Obi-Wan gave his calm to Haja. Haja accidentally drops the calm, which Reva fi- happens to find and puts together that the boy on Tatooine 
is somehow connected to Owen, who she met in episode two or episode one. And the only reason she's going after Luke is because she knows that Luke is important to Obi-Wan. But all of that is very muddy. Like, yeah, it, 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 it been something. It would have been something different if, if Bale was like, we have to protect the Skywalker children. Like, if Bale actually said it and Reva heard that yeah. message of, oh, there's two Skywalker children. <laughs> oh. No, yeah, like, no, they need... They needed to make her motivation super clear, and it was yeah, not. It was not because then it, I, I, it was one of those things I figured out like later. I was like, oh, that's why she went to Tatooine. What it wasn't because Luke was Anakin's son, it was because Luke was important to Obi Wan, and there's not, it's not very clear, and I feel like, and also the fact of why. Like, at this point, like, she... Because she blames Obi-Wan in episode five, where she was like, well, you're just as much to blame of making Anakin than the Jedi is, the Jedi are as well. Like, she does blame him. But, like, it's still just all very muddled. And I think if they would have made that clearer, then it would have stuck that landing a little harder. And and yep. I think that's that's why I, I wish they handled it better, so... Um, who or what would you like to have seen more of? Well, of course, Palps. You know, I mean, come on. Every episode, I want him. But Even if he's just, like, calling in, like, Vader, are you still there? Okay, bye. And and, and back to the last one, Brew. Like, they could have, like, she does get to kick ass at the end. I wish they would have. She should have been in episode one. She should have been, yes. She should have been pretty much like had as much character work as as Owen did to to uh, so and that would have added more more um, to to the you know the conflict thought, at the end. I just thought of it. I just thought of it. So in episode six, she has that line of like like Owen's like the Inquisitors are coming. Oh no! And she's like, well, we don't have any help and. Like, we, we can't, we don't have any help. And Baru looks at him and goes, well, whose fault is that? Talking about him pushing away Obi-Wan. Imagine her in episode one with Owen in town. And when he's talking to Obi-Wan, she's perfectly nice to him. And she's just like, oh, yeah. hi, Ben. And he's like, why are you? And like, o- o- Owen is then just like, why are you being nice to him? Blah, blah. To at least build that kind of tension of like yeah. her trying to keep the peace between the two of them. Um, And even then, like, she could probably approach it like, Ben, we're not really comfortable with this and stuff like that. Instead of it being just Owen being so combative. Um, But yeah, like if she needed to be in episode one, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, or have her have her bring the toy to Luke or to, to Obi-Wan and be like, look, Owen's flipping out. I'm bringing this back because he's a hothead. Sorry. <laughs> you know. But, it was a nice yeah. gesture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, after episode after they leave Fortress Inquisitorious, the other Inquisitors just vanish. They're gone from the show. No more Inquisitors. Um, I don't know. I kind of would have liked to something with them or at least like touch base with them or something. But like we don't see the fifth brother or any of the I think it's the fourth sister ever again. They just kind of vanish from the show (laughs) after we leave Fortress Inquisitorious. They're they're stooges. They serve their purpose. They all serve their purpose story wise and 
I just want uh, to see the fifth brother's face when Grande walks in and he's just like, fuck, that's supposed to be my job. Hi, sir. Welcome back. Glad you're not dead. Yep. Oh, my God. That would have been great. Um, What was your top what the fuck moment of the season? Um, Episode three when they were fighting, when, when it was actually going to happen. Uh, when it actually started happening, I'm just like, well, it, this was unexpected. <laughs> I totally, I thought it might go to the edge of that, but no, that was, I was like, that was a bold move. Yeah. I love stuff like that. I love stuff that gets me by surprise. Uh, for me, it was without also- being completely stupid. <laughs> for me, it was also episode three, but a different moment. They're going through the town and just killing people. Like, I mean, I'm surprised it's Disney, but I mean, after Rogue One, you know, we've and 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 Rebels, we've we've established that Vader is a menace again. You know, yeah. But there's a difference between him fighting like rebel people in Rogue One and him and just murdering. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Very specifically. Uh, a child runs out to his father who has been killed and Vader snaps the child's neck. Well, he's that... doing the worst thing he can possibly think of to lure out Obi-Wan. Right. You know, it's just and... like, how long can Obi-Wan watch me snap kids' necks before he comes? Yeah, it's a out. different thing when fighting soldiers in a battle and like dragging a woman screaming along the ground. Like there is a difference between between yeah. fighting soldiers and attacking civilians well, that's why it's a what the fuck we have a sort of we have a sort of echo in like where where Riva cut the one lady's hand off you know they come in town and they just start bullying that's everybody cut someone's, yeah. they cut someone's hand off but when Vader comes to town boy all of a sudden it's on you know it's up to fi- it's not even on 11 it's on like 15 and he does the same thing that the Inquisitors do, do. But he is not messing around at all. The Inquisitors are standing on the other side of the street scared of him. He makes, yeah, he makes them, yeah, he makes them. And that's that's really nice that they establish them as heavies and then just bring in Vader and make them look like nothing. But then after that, that's the thing about Inquisitors is by their very nature is once you meet like, once you meet somebody who's higher up on the, you know, Vader or Palpatine, then suddenly they, they're, they're, they're the, you know, they're the little dogs and they don't have the, you know, they only have a certain amount of fear that they can invoke in the, in the audience, you know, at the beginning. And then the more time that they're on screen and the more, and, and have a chance to be next to someone like Vader, you know, once Vader, once you put an Inquisitor next to Vader, you know, it takes all their piss out, out of them, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of pick to choose from, so what is the best robot droid moment of the sh- season? Not Lola. No, fuck you, Lola. <laughs> so, fuck you, Lola. Leaves, the, leaves lifter droid. Ned! That's Ned. A, that's, a, that's a good droid. Yeah, he's, he's a, a good sweet droid. baby. He is a sweet baby. Oh, poor Ned. We miss you. You're a sweet boy. Yeah. Uh, is there a moment that you're still not over yet, which is which is sad, happy, funny? What moment are you just not over? 
I I can't believe that that the last Vader the the ultimate Vader fight in this is like is so good and that I l- enjoy it so much because it's just like so primed to go wrong and it's not perfect but damn it I, I every time I watch it I it just puts me in that zone that's why I call it a a, a, a hot fever hot mess fever dream is because it puts me in that it's that that almost dreamlike zone of Star Wars. It, it really it, it evokes like Splinter of the Mind's Eye to me and stuff, and and it works. And I really like was very doubtful that it was going to work, and that is, I yeah, I just I I can't get over that they they pulled it off without, and and they didn't do it like I like I would have imagined it would have been done that would have pulled it off you know so it was it was very nice very nice um about you i had three and they're tied for separate reasons um i'm still not over (laughs) the shock of terrace nube that still gets me or the reveal that freck is working with the imperials that also got me but i i still think the top one is watching it for the first time and the reveal that leo was going to be in the series yeah, because like, it was like, oh, oh, okay. Where is Alderaan? Right. It could this could go bad, but it, it also kind of like I would like you know once it starts sinking in, I'm like, okay, they could make this work, and it makes sense. Yeah, and it's a nice and it was a nice way to add something to it without messing stuff up with his, you know, um, relationship with Luke. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we've had so much Luke stuff and we have a lot of Leia stuff too but when it comes to Obi-Wan we've had so much like Luke and Obi-Wan stuff because of him just being close to Luke on Tatooine in episode four and all that so that for it to be Ben and Leia together and them forming a relationship and that relationship like being explored that was the breath of air this series needed because I remember going to the show, like, I was like, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not, like, outside of Grande Boyfriend, there's nothing in the show I'm, like, really excited about. And then I saw Leia, and I was like, this is the game, this was the Baby Yoda of the show. Like, Leia was the Baby Yoda of the show. And it changed the entire, like, everything I thought the show was going to be. Right, so, right, yes. yes. Absolutely. Um, and our last question uh, that we will both answer, if there was a season two of Kenobi, what would you like it to do? Oh, uh, I mean, the only thing <laughs> that, that could possibly do story-wise would maybe be involving Reva in the path, but I think they should do that without Obi-Wan. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a really, I, I really don't think there should be a, a season two. I think they told the story. I don't think there's like, you know, what are you going to, uh, what do you, how are you going to, you know, what are you going to do without getting Obi-Wan off, you know, they gave him a reason to be off world in this, you know, a, a, a real, and you can't use that reason again. And there's really nobody like really, there's not that, that reason was tied into his reason for being on tattooing. So you can't really get him off tattooing. So you either have to have some sort of rehash where somebody's you know you can't have vader getting wise to him on tattooing obviously at all as a matter of fact you know it pretty much set it up to like 
the the imperial danger to him is pretty much staved off now since it's been staved off from the top and yeah there you know i mean it's great and 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 qui-gon doesn't want to do it so you can't do a like a mystical like uh like the old Kung Fu series with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, you know, and Obi-Wan getting trained some more in the mystical aspect of the force. You can't do that. And I don't think they would, I don't think they would approve that as a series. I don't think that would be a big go over too well with a lot of people. It would go over great with me, but you know, I'm a weirdo. So I don't know. It's hard to, I, I just can't, I can't think of anything that wouldn't be just an excuse to, you know, get you and McGregor back and get ratings. You know what I'm saying? I don't see anything really important or or that would make sense story wise to do with Obi Wan at this point. You know, I, I, I mean, I love I could watch you and McGregor play Obi Wan forever, but you know. I don't want them to make up reasons to have an Obi-Wan show just to have it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, your so, answer is essentially it mine. It's barely like, an answer, <laughs> really. Yeah, like, yeah. your answer is mine, essentially. I don't want a season two of Kenobi, yeah. but I, I would like a path spinoff show about, like, yeah. Roken, Haja, Riva, And then I could see Obi-Wan being a cameo. Um, like maybe they, like maybe they call him and need help for like an episode and then he goes away. Like, at, right. and that's the most I want to see Obi-Wan in a path spinoff. But like, yeah, I, I want to, I want a spinoff show of the path, but I don't want another Obi-Wan season two. They, they did the therapy. He's out of his cave. Let him go live in his hut. And live his best life, and occasionally see Tika. Like and that's what we like, need. Like they could do a great episode in the path, where they are being pursued or something, and they they crash on tattooing, and Obi Wan. You know, it's basically a big chase of whoever's pursuing them, and Obi Wan is able to squash it without anybody knowing that he's doing it. You know, so you, we get to see you and McGregor working behind the scenes to, you know, to work the work the thing so the path can get away. But the, it just seems like they've been very lucky, you know, that in there. Something like that would be a it would be a nice episode. It wouldn't be especially deep, but it would be fun. And you could get you and McGregor in and have him doing all sorts of Jedi stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Otherwise. <sighs> Uh, uh, you know, all I can think of are like, like, you know, Jedi tales type stuff where you have a little story where Obi-Wan has a snippet of something, you know, that that could add to it. But like a big s story arc, uh, I just don't see it. I yeah. just don't see it. No, I agree. I totally agree. So um, that's the last of our questions that we both answer. And now we've written questions for each other. Um, you should start with me so we can end with evolution. Yes, okay. So, Hope, first question is, what is the most neglected element in season one is if I didn't know, which I don't, because I'm not you. Um, for me, it's some of the stuff that we've already talked about. Um, like I said, I was really surprised that Roken didn't do more in my second my my second watch through, but a lot of his stuff a lot of his stuff 
does feel like a backdoor pilot. So I'm I'm actually okay with that um, because I feel like Broken's going to come back again. Um, I always want more Inquisitors, and I was having a conversation with Megan about Reva, and something that tripped her up was how the other Inquisitors treated her. And then I realized that it might have been really beneficial in the first half of the episodes leading up to the episode five reveal that if through the Inquisitors, we got more of Reva's story, like maybe instead of like them saying like, oh, we found you in the gutter, they could have done something like we brought you into the program when you were 10 and we were beneficial enough to raise you and train you. Like they could have done more with the Inquisitors to help execute Reva's story more. Um, and then Baru, we've already talked about this. She comes in like a fucking hurricane in the last episode, so it would have been great to have her earlier. So, yep. Um, so, all right, Chris, what were some of your visual standout moments of the season? Because you are the visual guy. Yeah, now this wasn't like, except this, this wasn't like, a spaceship set piece thing, although it had some view. I mean, the shots of them flying away from the Star Destroyer or whatever, you, you know, the or Vader little, ripping open the ship or r- Vader ripping open the ship. But there there weren't any big like space, bat, you know, like it wasn't that kind of thing that all the set pieces are the, you know, are the lightsaber fights. But the light, the first lightsaber fight they did it very it was like it reminded me of like grade z movie like super cheap exploitation movies where they have the big fight in the junkyard at the end because you don't have to dress up the set you know although i'm sure that set was all like the volume or whatever but it was a very simple set their their battle wasn't like this incredibly like you know it was just obi-wan getting his ass whooped but the big fight like visually was gorgeous in a lot in a lot of ways and and also limited in a lot of ways that i thought um added to added to it added to the you know the depth of what was going on like a fu- it, like a fully developed like, that was one of the strong points of the sequels is the first the first movie's lightsaber fight really felt like it had like people's you know personalities invested into it and this one super does and you know they they don't play it's not like episode three where they're parkouring all over and it's a spectacular set piece it's a personal battle but it's on this murky you know spooky you know play it's it's just you know so you know obi-wan went somewhere where you know or you know it's somewhere you know where there's no nobody around for any of you know any collab collateral damage. Obi Wan can just like rip stuff up. It's it's really nice and anything like Obi Wan just hanging out on tattooing all the stuff that that was evocative of the the prequel trilogy and Clone Wars is always really appreciated with me. And it was it it was in here. I wish they'd do it more with music, but like I'll take visual too. So. Yeah. All right. Question two for Hope. 
uh, as if I didn't know, better or worse the second time around? Definitely better. Um, I yeah, really, I really enjoyed it more. And, it, and it's just kind of a, like, I, you know, I, I, I've sort of started thinking about this more in Star Wars just as a whole, because I also felt this way about Mando season two and Book of Boba Fett. Like these shows that were fine my first viewings, but I really enjoyed them in my second viewings. And I think it's it's easier to appreciate a lot more of the setup if you know where the story is going. And it's yeah. just like little things. Like there's a scene early on where like Reva is talking about Vader or, or or talking about yeah, talking about Vader, and she touches her stomach. And we find out later that's where he stabbed her. You know, it's just like little things like that, like you pick up easier. And and it's also like your expectations are not hindering you when you know where the story is going. Because we all have expectations going to this show, like what we think's going to happen, what we would like for it to happen. But when you know what the story is, then your expectations are out the window and you can appreciate what's on the screen. And like, I felt that way, especially with something like Book of Boba Fett, because my expectations were out the window and I was able to look at the show for what it is, which is a popcorn Star Wars. And this is therapy. <laughs> it's not trying to be more than Obi-Wan therapy. Like, that is the point of the show. And now that those expectations are gone, yeah, like, yeah, I can appreciate it for what it is. So I, I, I think that's an ongoing theme that things get better and, and sometimes they get worse. Like, you see the seams more and stuff like that. Like, I definitely saw more of the seams this time around than I did the first time. But the stuff that I really liked, I liked a lot more. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot better the second time around, for sure. I agree. Uh, so your next question. So this show, the sixth episode, uh, had a first that hasn't happened in any of the other Star Wars shows, animation or live action, which is we had the same director for every episode of the series. Deborah Chow did everyone. What are your general thoughts about having one director for every episode? And do you think it helps or hurt the show? I mean, generally, I think it belies the fact that this was originally going to be a movie. And, uh, you know, and also it's also six, only six episodes. So it's like probably easier to to have a you know have a director be able to sign off that much time to do six episodes of it you know whereas you know doing a whole episode or season of clone wars or something with one director or you know or andor or something like that would be really a lot of work for that director um but like for whether it's better or worse i think definitely better in this case because we are working with something that was you know originally going to be a movie so it 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 and it's also you know just technically put together as like it it it's cutting between frankly like stuff that shot cinematically and stuff that shot like second unit tv budget wise and having a having one director who like is is there ties it together and i i think her style is just sort of keeps a, a stable emotional core to the the um, story. This story is very key. You know, this story isn't about 
Easter eggs and big set pieces. It has big set pieces and Easter eggs, but it's really about emotions and characters. You know, it's it's a it's a you know operatic drama. You know, and uh, but she keeps the and. And also having one director, she it's it's operatic insofar as, you know, the themes of it and stuff and the visuals of it. But she keeps that that the emotional stuff very close and intimate in it. And, you know, it it it, it holds the whole thing together. So, yes, it was it was a very good, very good idea. And she's a good director. She did a good job. She should have more. This should definitely be like her her chapter one of like her Star Wars future. Well, technically, it's like chapter two because she has done episodes with the Mandalorian. Yeah, but I mean, this is like her. This is like this is like the Deborah. Ch- this is the Deborah Chow show. You know, it, it wasn't really like this is a Deborah Chow show, but this is a Deborah. You know, she wasn't the showrunner stuff, but really like you know. She was at the helm I think of she every was episode. The showrunner. I could be was wrong. Was she the showrunner? Okay, I maybe. Think... But yeah, I mean, like, like I'm talking like on your resume at Disney. The the this the, is Deborah the Chow's of, Kenobi. The, you know, and there were, and I'm sure there was a huge path to get her to the Mandalorian too. But this was like, this was like, okay, you did good with the Mandalorian, and her shows on the Mandalorian were great. So, you know here's 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 a show for you let's see if you can do it and she did it so i'm hoping you know i'm hoping you know i would love to see a deborah chow movie would be good she was the executive producer and the director for all six episodes yeah yeah so it was it was basically her show so yeah so yeah and and i i you know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna put it in the category of it was a success so i'm hoping for more Deborah Chow. Me too. I'm and and I'm and I'm and I would I would actually bet that all the things that I like the most were most due to Deborah Chow. So not only give her another show, but give her even more control. All right, next for hope. What will you have cut or added to this? Um, I think. I think we've already talked about this at length, but all the stuff around episode five and six. Um, And I don't even know where exactly I would add. I mean, honestly, I would have liked a whole another episode or maybe just like extra minutes here and there in other episodes. Like maybe I could actually almost use two episodes, I think, (laughs) or three. I don't know. I, you would have had to restructure it. You would have had to restructure it. I was about to say, to... yeah, you would. Because we were already talking about how episode two is already wheel spinning until it keeps, until it just goes. But right. I, I think they could have just executed better and or maybe added like a few minutes here and there in other places. Like maybe setting up more Viva story early on with the Inquisitors or having Baru earlier on um, or or kind of going through... Making all the shows ten minutes longer, or or even five minutes. Well, the, well, most of the episodes are about forty-two minutes, forty-two to forty-five minutes. But there's a few episodes that's like in the thirty-minute mark. Um, one being episode two, surprisingly, 
is actually actually a very short episode, but it feels so long. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like there are little things here and there story-wise they could have. Because I, I go back and forth about, I, I know I've been saying that they I feel like there should be an episode, an, an extra episode, but I don't even really feel that. I feel like they just need to either add a little bit more to the other episodes to make stuff a little bit more clear. Um the, like some great moments, like when Leia, when when Riva has Leia in captured on Fortress Inquisitorius, we could have learned more about her backstory. She has some like Moses does some great acting with a very little bit of script, where she was like, "I used to have a droid like this," but and, and then that's about it. Like you know, they could have done more with that. Like she could have had a very honest conversation with Leia. Um, maybe Leia says stuff to her to make her think about it. Like. They could have had like a little flashback of her looking at Leia and like seeing her friends that are dead. Like, you know, there's there's other ways they could have executed with all the stuff that we have to make the story clearer. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't. I, I, I actually go back on my earlier things where I said that I feel like they need a whole nother episode. I don't feel that. I just feel like they should have executed in different places to help episode five and stick six stick the landing to where it's not so muddled of like why are we going back to Tatooine? There's Luke. We could have brought Luke in different times or or something like that. Even in episode one of having like Owen come up to Obi Wan and like we see Baru across the town with Luke, like across the street, kind of ushering Luke away. You know, like just like little things where Obi Wan was like, but there's Luke. I want to go talk to him. Blah blah blah. Like there. They could have. There, there's ways they could have done it. So, am I am I rambling or am I making sense? No, you're making sense. Yeah. So, um, your next question is: Do you think the volume is starting to show its seams a bit? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're overusing it, but that's. I mean, that's the nature of the beast, though. With new technology, is. They, they, now that they have it, now they're going to have to figure out different ways of using it or not using it all, finding out when it's best to use it. Just like CGI, you know, sometimes, you know, it seems like the best way to use CGI if you want to really make a like seamless movie is where you don't notice it, you know, where it's enhancing something. And, uh, it might be the same with the 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 volume is they might have to figure out how to uh, how to, when to use it and when not to use it and how to figure out why you would you know when you're making a show like okay this is the sort of stuff we would want to shoot with the volume this is the sort of stuff we have to film actually outside and uh, but yeah we definitely saw it's saw it's you know they're they're pushed right up to its limitations now so. You know, you could tell like when Leia's running around in circles that they'd reached that point where it's like, okay, we've committed to really using the volume to film this whole show to, in order to get it done in time. But yeah, now we have to run her in circles to do it. Or but when you, have, you have your limitations with every new technology. So yeah. Or when Reva is attacking, you know, with a platoon of like 20 people, but it's yes. supposed to be like a full garrison. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the amount of people that fit on. Yeah, you can see it's about the size of a a, a small soundstage. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. 
Would you like to see any other Star Wars story or character in this sort of miniseries, you know, like elevated budget format? Yeah, I I do. Um, And I was thinking about this and there's already so much stuff with the legacy characters like Luke, Han, Leia. We have a Lando show coming along the way. Um, You know, uh, now we have the Kenobi show. Uh, I would actually love to see this with some lesser used characters or characters that we haven't had for a long time. And I think this would be a great format for sequel trilogy characters, to be honest. Like, I would yeah. love a Finn miniseries, even though I'm sure John Boyega has a... Well, that's, like- that's, that's what I'm saying. Everybody everybody from the sequels, I think, is sort of... They've sort of given up on, like... You know, I think when they started the 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 sequel trilogy, they were, like, sort of settling into being like, well, we're going to sort of get, you know, be like... Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and stuff where people are going to associate us with this roles. And then by the end, they were like, uh, you know what? We can just get out. It's more than just that. Like Disney did not protect John Boyega at no, all. All of them got their characters. Uh, everybody's characters got done dirty. No, know? no, I'm not just talking about that. I'm just talking about the actors. Like, Disney did not protect their actors. Like, John Boyega was ran through the ringer by racists, and then the Black Lives Matter movement happened, and John Boyega very publicly announced announced it. And then Disney was like, oh, fuck, we did not protect them. So when the racists came after Moses Ingram for this show, they were very public about protecting Moses. Like, they were very public about it. But, like, they didn't protect Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Like, she was chased off Instagram. Um, Oscar Isaac is just a vibe. Like, he, like yeah, people came after him, but he, yeah. like, he just doesn't fucking care because he's Oscar Isaac. But, like, and, of course, Disney, like, the well, basically, from- basically what you just said there is the guys don't go after Oscar Isaac. Because <laughs> he's a cool Han Solo guy. But, but like, yeah, that he. But but I do think that's half of it. Like they they did not protect their actors, and then as you said, the movies did the characters dirty. Well, and... what's her what's her name got really, really wrecked. Um, oh, um, Carrie uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Like yeah. that's another good example. That's a very fantastic example. She also was chased off social media as well. So like, not only were the actors not protected by Disney, uh, Disney also, as you said, did their characters dirty. So I think it would be really hard to do uh, any kind of mini series. Like they would have to pay them a fuck ton of money, um, and yeah. like really like swear to like take care of them. But yeah, I, no, I they were all, they were all into really like we're gonna be our Star Wars characters for the rest of our lives, just like the guy who probably played Superman in the Zack Snyder movies was. And then they realized, oh, okay, I can move on from this. It did not. They didn't they didn't stick it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's really it's really sad to hear about like to hear like John Boyega very early interviews versus now because he was yeah. so excited to be in Star Wars. Like, oh, he was they were so like, excited. I mean I mean any problems with the with the sequel trilogy were not the all the actors were like big nerds who <clears throat> you know, they were all they were all it was just like when they redid the Star Wars Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. All those actors, they all came in going like they've all been Star Trek fans. You know, they they were they were there to play their characters, and then they were not given. 
they were yeah they were done dirty you know everybody that you know i don't i don't see how any of them could really think that they had any like kind of quality character i mean i i have on this list i have on this list phasma because what the fuck did we get a phasma in the movies a whole lot and not a lot yeah, like a, a yeah. Well, well, here's the awesome. here's the thing is like with the characters like that, like they use like they 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 cast somebody from like probably the most popular TV show at that time, in the role of Captain Phasma, and they're like, and she's playing Captain Phasma. They should have just cast no, you know, the the they they were trying to do something that happens organically where you have a side character and everybody goes, oh, Captain Phasma is really cool. They should have just put Captain Phasma in there, not mentioned anything about it, and then people would have been like, "What?" But they set it up, like, and they set her up to be a character, and it was also an actress that everybody was really into at the time, and to see her like armored up in a Star Wars car- caricature, everybody was really, really down for it, and then it was almost like. And I can see it like her not having a big enough part, but it was almost written as almost like a fuck you, almost just like a like, oh, you want to know more about this? No, we're not really going to do I mean, didn't <laughs> anything we, didn't with we bring, her. <laughs> didn't we like. Oh, well, maybe we'll bring her back next. Maybe maybe next time something will happen to her. Now we're just, uh, uh, nah. <laughs> we actually like we looked up the numbers like she had more screen time in Star Wars Resistance voicing Phasma than she did on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like, so like, yeah. Why would like any of them want to want to come back? But, but like, that, that... they're but they're the prime characters that need it the most. Like, I would love a Finn miniseries of like, I you know what? I would love a miniseries of that year time between Last Jedi and Tross. Like that. That's like a miniseries I would really dig that that time period to have that year. And it might help and... Tross be a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and then you could. But have, you know what the like, problem is that it should have like it would heavily have it should heavily have Leia. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. be they character. could just be like, we got a we got a message from Princess Organa. We're going on yeah. this mission, and then they yeah, go. Like, ha- they, they don't have to address it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd have to do. I mean, they'd obviously. That's what have they should have done with that, fucking. But it would trust. be it would be an elephant in the room for it. Not really, not if like we got this message from General Organa. Let's go. Like they don't have to have it. And I and that, that yeah, was Yeah, but I mean well, you were hold on, really hold on, getting... hold on, hold on. We're we're starting to rehash trust here. But like that was the issue with trust is they were like, we must have Leia in this movie instead of letting the characters find their own feet. Anyway, it's my question. Let me finish it. <laughs> but like really the sequel tr- trilogy characters, like a Finn miniseries would be great, especially his time in the first order. I would love a series with Ray, like post Tross. Phasma would be great. And somebody mentioned this, and it's been on my mind ever since. Um, and it might have been Charles, but Vi Marathi. Do you know who Vi Marathi is, Chris? No. That's why she needs a series. She is one of the face characters at Galaxy's Edge. And she has this entire backstory in the novels. And she's a character at Galaxy's Edge, and we've never seen her on screen. She'll show up. She needs to be have a story She'll about show up. That She'll way show we, up. And then that way, like, if we have, like, a little six-episode miniseries of, like, who's Vibe Marathi, what is her character, then people can go to Cal- Galaxy's Edge and be like, oh my god, Vibe Marathi! Like, she would be such a perfect character for a yeah, series. <laughs> yep. Um, 
When it comes to animation, I actually really don't feel like we need any miniseries because we're about to get the Ahsoka show and we know the ghost yeah. crew is there. So I don't feel like animation. Animation, animation kind of... isn't really set for that. I think animation yeah. is set for a for a weekly show more than like... Uh, although, like, the, I mean, really, the Siege of Mandalore was like a mini movie and that was... Yeah. I mean, if they do something like Siege of Mandalore again, yeah, I'll be up for, I'd be up for I'd that. I'd be up for that, yeah. And, and then completely selfishly, I want my Bodhi Rook show because we have Andor and now I want my Bodhi Rook show. But that's just because I love Bodhi and I want Riz Ahmed to play him again. And I just that's a very selfish one that will never happen. But you, I you know what? It. If they did, <laughs> if they did animation instead of doing a six part miniseries, they should do a movie, an hour and a half movie, you know, of of animation that would be the equivalent in animation of a miniseries and i would i would uh, you know i would like to see you know little little self-contained animated movies with you know some either new characters or you know old characters or whoever you can do almost whoever you know Mm. so those would be mine one but honestly sequel trilogy characters need it the most and i think vibrati would be a great character for a miniseries like i'm down for that for the very reason of you have no idea who she is but she's a galaxy's edge character (laughs) so yeah uh your next question is so coming into this rewatch you thought this show was a hot mess fever dream coming into the rewatch so uh where are you on that now same i like it better uh less on the mess less mess the second time around but it's it's i just thought of those wall hangings like bless this mess it's still it's still kind of a fever dream it still is kind of pressing the envelope of continuity but you know i'll take it i'll take it in the fog of war of storytelling because i like it you know all right hang on my my cat just my cat is literally just she just jumped up and now has positioned herself blocking my mouse from me now i can scroll down to your question now that she's moved moved on what would you have changed if you could if you had the power the power more grand day boyfriend give me more because Rupert friend was so perfect in the role actually i would love his miniseries too give me inquisitors miniseries i i think we've already said those like um like a spoof miniseries that is the office but with inquisitors um and it's done it's not canon it's done completely like just like the office please give that to me um and but but to be serious like i just needed more rupert friend as grande boyfriend grande boyfriend was so good and he gets sidelined in episode two and he comes back in episode five and i just like needed so much more and he has he's so good and it's just like the little things like he does when vader is like no go after kenobi and like he just duck faces in the background because he's so fucking annoyed and done with all this like i just he he was so good in this role guys he was so perfectly cast he did grande perfectly it was everything. I, it was more than I asked for. I would have been fine if it was like, okay, he's here. But no, he performed above and beyond all my expectations for Grande it's, Boyfriend. And I needed 
so much more of him. It's so funny how how different we read him in this series, and it's and and I mean I can't help it because it's just a he vi- visually and sort of personality wise, and just with his his get up and everything, he reminded me of a a ninety a mid nineties rave slash you know event concert promoter you know local concert music promoter guy in that time period and sort of his his hellraiser outfit like but you know like i'm a badass but i'm still also kind of a a puffy nerd (laughs) at the same time but uh, chewing the scenery so so like i couldn't because i was like you know the the grande the visual grande in in um rebels is almost insect like or or like you know he's 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 like a whippet almost and this guy is just sort of like comes in and just like i've gotten a whole satchel of ecstasy for the party tonight you know and, and <laughs> yeah. i've got the best dj in all of the galaxy I mean, and, a, and he's bringing girls. That's, <laughs> so that, that that's what I was seeing, like with Grande, and not that not that I didn't enjoy that that version of Grande, that it, it, I I enjoyed it immensely. But that's that's how I read him. You know, <laughs> design wise, it never bothered me because it's just one of those things. Like when you go from when you go from it, animation to live action, like there's gonna be yeah, things yeah, change yeah, yeah, design. Yeah. That's just I'm that's just. just gonna, the, I'm, I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the nature of the bees. I mean, and honestly, from the first photos we saw to the end product, like there was a mass improvement because they would have, they would have had to involve CGI. Yeah. In him if they made him look like he did. And I've seen fan edits Rebels. and they look like cone heads. Yeah. 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 They're going <laughs> to look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to make all of them like that. So it would be sort of consistent and you'd, yeah, you'd have to, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think they. Actually... I'm sure they went through all that, and at the same time, this guy was like, they were like, this guy like was the best at the audition too, because he was. To be honest, his, up. if we're really doing this, like, if we wanted to be screen accurate, his teeth should have been fucking different too, because palins yeah. have those sharp fangs that actually those... form a V. Uh, yeah, like those a v super in the pointy fish teeth. Yeah. Yeah, like. Look up manga Grande. Grande in the Rebels manga is a fucking vampire. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe looks, as he looks like a like. I, this is the second time I brought up Windigos tonight. He looks like he has Windigo teeth. <laughs> well, maybe the longer he was soaking in the dark side, the more like you nah, know. That's a Palin thing because they're they're like that in episode two. They have those teeth in episode two. It's a Palin thing. That's that's like, true. That's true. Yeah. Yes, so. he looks far different than the characters in episode two, but whatever. That's yeah. okay. Whatever. I my my headcanon is he's younger because Powens can live like five hundred years. My my understanding is that well, I shouldn't say understanding. My headcanon, I should clarify, is that he's a young Palin, which is why he does not look fully Nosferatu as he as they do in episode two. That's just how I view it. Um which is why like we're all the Palins in freaking High Republic and how are they not like big old, uh, big old plot holes in the original trilogy? Just you know, they remember the Jedi. They probably you know how. How do you eradicate that? Anyway, uh, lots of thoughts. 
we don't, we don't got time for that though. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I could have, I just could have always used more grounded boyfriend. I love him. Like, give me more. So, uh, and your last question, you said that you liked everything, but it needed more time. Where would you have specifically put in more time and what would you have focused on since you asked me a similar question? It would have all been spent on Reva, Luke and his family to beef up that thread and to be able to have us invested more like re- like we do feel a little tension. Well, we don't feel a lot of tension because we know Luke not only grows up to be Luke, but he doesn't really like it wasn't a particularly traumatic part of his life, you know, or like something that he was like, I remember that one time where, you know, blah, blah, blah. But so, but I would invest more time in all those characters. I, I would have put a two or three, at least two episodes worth of, of material in this. Cause uh, like, it was like, I think they were like, all right, we have to expand this from the movie. I just wish they would have expanded it a little, a little more. And it, it could have been, it could have been like a masterpiece, but yeah, that's where I, that's what I would have done. Hundred percent. Obi Obi Wan's arc was fine, which is what you really had. Obi Wan, you had to get Obi Wan and Vader, and have Obi Wan's arc work, and they did that. So, yeah, they fulfilled they fulfilled the the obligation that they made with the title of the show. <laughs> but that's my last. Or, or wait, yeah, you don't have any more questions, do you? We are on to it's the big time, thing, which I'm pulling up for right everybody now. Everybody finds out about Hope's Volution because you didn't tell them. So when it comes to the Volution, you guys, I always try to pick someone who is in the show the majority of the time. That way I can kind of touch base on everybody. And but it was kind of hard this time because like Inquisitor's doing their own thing. Obi-Wan and Leia are doing their own thing. Vader's doing his own thing. The Path are doing their own thing. And I was like, gosh, who the hell am I going to pick for this? And then I had the revelation. There's a character who says in the show that he's been there the entire time. But Obi-Wan just couldn't hear him. So it's time for the Kwai Long and Gone and watching from the afterlife evolution. Oh, I like that. Kwai Long Gone. I like Quite that. long and gone. <laughs> Watching from the afterlife pollution. Um, <laughs> so here we go. Hello. I can't do a Liam Neeson impression. I just realized I, I started it like, <laughs> from the get go. I was like, I regret this impression already. I regret the impression already. It is I, Qui Gon Jinn. Hello. I, I sound like this because I'm dead. It turns out that I, I've been watching my my old Padawans from afar, and it just seems like they've had all sorts of trouble. Little Annie, just what a disappointment. I If I would have known that the Chosen One would have been like that, I, I don't know. And I can't believe they didn't listen to me to... Uh, oh, those Jedi and everyone's gone. And turns out my friend Obi-Wan, my my dear, maybe I shouldn't have put that much pressure on him as a young man, but he everything happened, and now he's on Tatooine, and I've been trying to reach out to him going, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, 
stop stalking Owen Lars and let him raise his son. But also, you need to be a Jedi, Obi-Wan. I can hear you, but you can't hear me. And oh, he's been in that cave for about 10 years now and roaming around the desert and working dead-end jobs, which I guess he should. It, it's a new, it's a new time period and he has to lay low. But then I found out there was this man named Mr. Grande Boyfriend. And he came to Tatooine because they were looking for a Jedi. And I thought, this is the perfect chance for Obi-Wan to step up and find his old Jedi roots again. Because the Jedi they're looking for is not Obi-Wan. It's another Jedi who goes to Obi-Wan for help. But Obi-Wan, oh, I'm so disappointed. Obi-Wan turned him away and that Jedi ended up dying to the Inquisitors. And especially this one named Reva. Oh, I remember Reva when she was a little one. It's so sad to see what the dark side does to people because I, the dark side's in everybody, but those old Jedi just ignored it so much and you can't have the light without the dark. That is a Liam Neeson TM quote right there. And I choose the light. But Reva need, needed to be on a different path as she was found by the wrong people and Obi-Wan is sad. Well, he's trying to ignore everything, so I thought there has to be a little light out there that can help Obi-Wan in the darkness. And it turns out I was right. It was Anakin's daughter the entire time. And we find Leia and she's just, she's grown up so fast. Oh, she would have been a great-grand-niece, great-grand-padawan of mine. And she got kidnapped by this musician who has chill vibes in Californication and all that. And she gets taken away, and so good old young Bill Organa reaches out for Obi-Wan and made him get out of his cave. So Obi-Wan starts going out into the world again, and... Oh, he really needs to work on his people skills because he doesn't know how to walk through a city. He's lost his best Jedi ability walking around with a cloak on and a hood up. Oh, he just stands out so much and no Jedi should ever stand. I'm shaking my head to try to make this sound. Like actively just shaking my head back and forth. <laughs> Gotta get myself whiplash over here. He goes to die you to find Leia. And he goes onto the set of Breaking Bad and he's just like, oh, I guess this is where she is. Because he gets help from a man named Haja who is tricking people, but he has a good golden heart. He could have been a wonderful Jedi if he had the force. And... <laughs> force. <laughs> oh boy, we're only on episode two. And he finds little Leia, and he rescues her, and she's a sassy one. And she's just like, come with me, Leia. And she's like, no. And then Reva shows up, and you know, if they would have just talked things out, that would have been so good. But Reva's chasing after them across rooftops, and Leia falls off, and my good old Obi-Wan finally touches the Force. Touches the force as he did when he was 16 years old with Satine. He doesn't think I knew, but I knew. I always knew, but that's fine. A young man needs to explore explore his loins before deciding to be part of the force. I'm going to give myself a headache shaking my head that much. 
So he saves little Leia, and then they get on a ship thanks to Haja, and they leave. Well, they arrive in Space California, and they're supposed to be meeting up with an informant. And Leia is just a symbol of hope, telling him to stay up with the times, old man, and be open and communicate. But Obi-Wan is just so sad, and he's reaching out to me, and I'm like, I'm here, Obi-Wan. I know that Anakin is Vader, and I know you just found out from Reva because she stabbed Grande Boyfriend. And, but he just can't hear me. I don't know how much I, I can only shake my Liam Neeson jaw so much. And he just can't hear me. So they arrive to Southern California. And he sees Hayden Christensen haunting him. And they decide to ask for help, or at least Leia does, because she's just a little spitfire. And they find a man named Freck. He is the best worst character of the show. Everyone loves to hate Freck because he knows stormtroopers. And Freck drives them to a checkpoint where they meet Tala. And everyone knows that she is the best character of this show. Tala is another great person who it turns out she's an undercover rebel as an Imperial. And she takes them to the path. The path is a great place that has been helping Jedi, and Obi-Wan finally feels something he hasn't had in ten years. Hope! He has hope again that the Jedi are living on thanks to these brave young individuals of the path. Oh, I would have loved to have met the path. They've all seen, seemed really great people. And then... Vader shows up, and I'm just like, Anakin, Anakin, you can't keep killing people, Anakin. Killing people doesn't make them like you. Killing people just makes them dead. I just quoted Harry Potter the musical. It's fine. And he's just like, no. So Obi-Wan runs to find Anakin and draw him away from Leia and Leia separates from Tala who goes back to help Obi-Wan and Anakin frankly kicks his ass kicks his ass in the fire and Obi-Wan's like ow my skin is off my body and Tala runs up and saves him but oh no little Leia and her little hope light gets taken by Reva and I'm just Reva Listen to the Force. Listen to the little light in front of you. She has what is best for you, but you are so blinded by your darkness. And they go to a video game world, and we go to Fortress Inquisitorius and all the Inquisitors. Oh, I used to know all of them when they were babies. That fifth brother, he was a spitfire in the nursery. We used to lift all the cribs and spin them all around and scare the other children. I should have known that fifth brother needed a little extra more time as a Padawan, but no. And Obi-Wan and Tala sneak in and they save Leia. But when all hope seems lost, they have met new friends like Rogan. And Rogan, oof. What a great young leader that man would be. It's almost like he would have an entire show to himself where he, where he could go off and be the lead actor in a show if there was something only 
if there was only some great company that would put all of these out there in the universe so we can watch and learn lessons because it's fiction. If only some great company had a thing called a, a service where you could river, like a river that's going down a stream that we could hear all these stories on, a sh like a, a service of streaming of sorts. But Roken comes and he has friends. And as Le they, as Obi-Wan is taking Leia out under his coat, sneaking him out, Riva shows up and is just like, hey, stop. And they're like, no, we're leaving. And Roken's men show up and Wade dies, but no one knows who Wade is, so it's fine. Oh, I must say, my old friend Terrace Anube, he used to he used to take care of me when I was a youngling, taught me all my swords and trips. But the good thing is, Tara's with me now, aren't you, Tara? Oh, yes, that Obi-Wan. He's all, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I love the Force, Qui-Gon. Oh, Tara, you're great. Wait till Yoda joins us. Oh, that'd be fun. Anyway, continue your story, Obi-Wan. Thank you, Camel Joe. What the fuck happens in episode five? That's the attack. Oh, sorry, I had to really think about that. That That is actually a little gripe of the show is the episodes do kind of blend together in my mind. They really do. And sometimes I'm like, I know this happens in the show, but and I know it's in like the first half, but I don't remember where in the first half or something will happen in the second half. And I have no idea what fucking episode it is. They all kind of blend together in my mind. But this is the attacking episode. Anyway, Vader is going after Obi-Wan because Reva, Reva has made Leia's little droid Lola evil. Why have we not mentioned Lola before? Because she's bad merchandise. But Vader sh who shows up? Reva. Reva shows up to the path and they need time to escape, so they fight. And sadly, we lose Tala, who is the best character of the show. And she's with me now. How are you, Tala? Fucking sucks that I died. Right, but you get to go encourage Leia in the rebellion and she gets your holster. I should have had my own goddamn path show. All right, Tala, welcome to the Force. Anywho, Reva attacks, and it turns out she's not evil. She never was. She just wants revenge on Anakin. But that's not the way, Reva. You have to be good. Revenge does nothing, but she's too mad. So the path gets away with Obi-Wan and Vader shows up after Reva tries to kill him and it doesn't work because Grande Boyfriend is not dead! And she gets stabbed and decides to go to Tatooine to get revenge. So Vader is chasing after Obi-Wan and Reva's going to Tatooine and Obi-Wan decides that he needs to get over himself finally and he faces Vader. And they have a bitchin' fight, where he cuts off his mask and he sees his face, and Vader is all like, I killed Anakin Skywalker! You're free of guilt, Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan was like, cool, my therapy is complete, here's my $200 for the hour-long session. And Vader's like, oh, cool, thanks. And he leaves, and... Palpatine is like, Vader, stop being a bitch and do your job. 
And he's like, no. And he's like, do it. And he's like, fine. And I don't know why Vader has the Palpatine voice, but whatever. It's fine. This is the dark side. So Obi-Wan goes to Tatooine, but Beru has everything under control because she is... What's the name of the lady in Terminator? Um, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor! <laughs> she is... Beru becomes Sarah Connor, and it turns out she has an entire arsenal of weapons saved for this day, and Owen and Beru fight for Luke Skywalker. But Reva gets away with Luke, and she realizes, hey, I'm becoming the thing that I want revenge on. And she does not kill Luke for plot reasons, because Luke can't die. And she walks out of the desert and hands him back to them, and they run off, and she's all just like, I guess I'll be good now. And Obi-Wan's like, great. Awesome. And everyone says their goodbyes. He goes to Leia and like, thank you for giving me light. And then he finally goes out and he, I'm so proud of him. He moved out of his hut and he comes out and he stops and looks over and goes, Master, have you been here the whole time? Yes, Obi-Wan. You just couldn't hear me. I was always here. Now let me tell you all the ways that you could have done that way better. He's like, oh, Master, I, I'd rather not. Are you still here? Yes, Obi-Wan, I'm still here. Oh, bo oh bo bollocks. I guess we're just going to be riding off into the desert. Yes, I will ride with you, Obi-Wan. The end. It actually wasn't as funny in my head as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> that was really hard. I was, like, shaking the fuck out of my head to do the... Yeah, I would want to do Liam Neeson for a whole thing. Oh my god, that was not. At least, a hey, at least this. Enjoy this. This is probably going to be your shortest evolution until they do another miniseries. I'm actually, like, low key dreading Andor. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Andor, you might, be able, you might be able to break it down into the arcs and then, like, boil the arcs down to. Like, the characters fighting for dominance. I love the idea of, like, like, like Andor. Like, Cassian's giving his side of the story, and, like, like Cyril kicks in, and he's just like, move! It's my turn! I, I mean, talk about it me. could be really fun to be do the Cyril evolution, for sure. Oh <laughs> and then my mom gave me Just call it the incel evolution. <laughs> no, honestly, if I was doing Cyril, I would just have him mind the whole time. Like, no one's following the rules, yeah. and I just want my mom to stop giving me Cocoa Puffs. I'm a Frosted cornflakes, man. Mother, I'm a big boy. <laughs> you ever notice how women keep kicking you in the balls all the time? Uh, all of them. That's all they do is kick you in the balls. They keep calling me a clown. I'm a corporal officer. Thank you. <laughs> I have no theater experience. <laughs> they don't oh, understand the Empire like I understand the Empire. Except for her. Dedra. 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 Dedra understands. I'm just gonna. Dedra. Dedra. She really, she really gets it in a in a in a super hot way. <laughs> she makes me wanna have. Order! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Order from the chaos. Uh, now we'll figure something out for Andor. I have a whole like twelve yeah. weeks to figure it out. So, yeah. um, we do have a. I know that usually most people bounce at the end of these, but hey, before we rate the episode, just know we have some really interesting feedback that we. I know we normally don't do feedback, but hold your horses. You're gonna want to hear this feedback. It is. This is mind- a fun one. This is mind blowing feedback. But before we get to that. Hey, Chris, how would you rate the season? At the sh- I guess the show as a whole. It's not even the season. The show as a whole. I'd give it like an 8.75. I'm thinking somewhere around there. Like it, it like it's really better than I expected and, it sh- and better than it should have been. It's got its faults, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will, I will be watching it like over and over again. I enjoy the hell out of it. I'm I'm the same. Like, yeah, it has its faults, but as we said, we didn't rate anything high, like lower than like an eight, which I don't remember the last show we did that for. There is no episodes that are fine. They're all good and up. I give it an eight point seven five as well. Like, it is solid a show. Like, there's very few lows, and everything's just stellar. So, <sighs> okay. I know we normally don't do feedback for the recaps, but this feedback is specifically about Obi-Wan. And I didn't want to do this like two weeks later, like after we're out, because it's really fitting for. I want to see I want to see once people hear this, if they have like once people hear this, like what they come up with, because I'm because I came up with a few things as soon as I heard. I was like, oh, okay, that's oh well, actually. And then there was this and then there was this. Yeah, we we talked about this because like it it kind of blew my mind. So this is from our friend Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze, and he sent this to me. And there's one part in particular that stood out to me, which spawned this. But I'm going to let Chris read the whole thing. Okay. Uh, Charles says, uh, uh, Hope mentions in passing that Obi-Wan Kenobi's hair magically dries in between scenes. This may be I, I should, unlikely. I should clarify, uh, this is for the Fortress Inquisitorius when episode. He, when he comes in through the bottom of the Fortress Inquisitor. Yeah, just so everybody this, knows what episode this is about. This may be and likely is a sly reference to A New Hope where the protagonist's hair magically dries after leaving the trash compactor. Mark Hamill has even mentioned being aware of it. Every episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi actually contains parallels to its corresponding episode of the Lucas movies. For example, and I wonder if this is Charles's theory or if he found like found them talking about this or something. But he says, yeah, for example, Charles, clarify par- this to me. <laughs> clarify this to me when you hear this, Charles. For example, in part four, the plot revolves about finding and rescuing Princess Leia, who is being interrogated by the Empire. Someone disguises themselves as an Imperial, a ship is tracked back to the rebel base, and someone's pilot friend dies in the finale, which makes the sense of how that scene, that guy was just sort of in there, you know, and it was just like, who, what, oh, he's dead, who is he? Also unrelated, you can totally see... uh, Christina Ariel in the background of the scene where they're looking at the hologram of Fortress Inquisitorius and it always makes me smile. Christina Ariel. Uh, she's great. She's the host of the High Republic show. So that was always a cool thing. So just And just then Hope says about how each episode corresponds with its numbered movies. She says, I'm sorry, you just blew my mind with this. And Charles says, uh, I realized it when Obi-Wan and Vader had a fight involving fire. 
and burning and a super depressing ending in the climax of episode three and then never stopped being able to see it. And uh, Hope said, we just recorded episode six last night and I was talking about how Leia comforting the kids. Uh, what about how she was when she was with Wicket in Return of the Jedi, which I just, oh my God, I'm going to do it all over again. We just recorded episode six last night and I was talking about how Leia comforting the kids what how she was wicked in return of the jedi just like how she was i'm yeah i said with like i meant to say like how she was with. i'm just reading it i'm just i just just put it in front of ron burgundy and he reads it and charles says it's absolutely worth going back and rewatching with that mindset it's mind-blowing how much they parallel and like immediately like off the top of my head we had luke on top of a like playing pod racer on is the entrance to their house so, so you know in episode epi- one episode one the movie takes place a lot on tatooine episode one of the series yep. takes place majority on tatooine um like there are there's so much there uh and like you said the pod race episode two is the one i was struggling with and then you came up with some of those yeah. which the majority of episode two takes place on coruscant so there's chases through the city there's a chase through the city yeah. And you said both have Tamora Morrison, which you're right yeah. about. Uh, episode three is the low point where you have this fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. Um, as Charles said, episode four revolves around finding a princess, someone inter- um, pretending to be uh, an Imperial, all that. Episode five is the Empire Strikes Back, which is the episode that Reva attacks the path because it is the Empire striking back at them and on the run. And then episode six is the happy resolution to everything. And I was just like, fuck, Charles, you blew my mind. And I don't know if it was purposeful. Because there are No, scenes... I think it is. I think it certainly was, for sure. I I would like to think so. Charles, let me know if this is something. Because Charles is a big lore person. So, like, he deep dives on a lot of the stuff and, like, production stuff. It's a thing that Star Wars likes to do, right? You know? It's it's poetry. It does things. (laughs) Um, It's it's rhyming and shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has every... It rhymes lake with bake, you know, as they do. Um, But, yeah, I thought when, when he pointed that out to me, I was just like, holy shit. That's awesome, you know, because that because we had just recorded episode six and there's the scene where Lola is sitting with the children and comforting them just how she does with like Wicket to in 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 Return of the Jedi. And it also has all the resolutions and the happy ending. Um, and it, it's kind of crazy, um, but definitely, Charles, I would love to know if like if you this is something that you read that you found out or if this is a theory of yours, because you're you're dead on on this because if, if it's a theory of yours, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Absolutely, dude. I yeah, it was it was so good. <laughs> um, we love to hear from you guys. Do you do you what do you guys think about this? So because it definitely like hit us and we were just like we were both like brain Vader exploding. Takes, Vader takes damage to his uh, helmet in episode six. He does. Oh yeah, that's true. That's where he like breaks off his helmet and Luke takes off his helmet. Yeah. Yep. Um yep. and both episode sixes have Palpy in it. Um only in different ways. Uh yeah. you have, so you have the 
different endings. Uh, I guess I guess episode six doesn't have the different endings. I guess it depends because doesn't like the extended version show all the celebrations and different planets. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind extended. of like having multiple sort endings. of yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, I I definitely really really dug this theory. If this is just a Charles theory, <laughs> which. Which It'll be on the top of my head on my third viewing of it for sure. Absolutely. So, but thank you for that, Charles. You're the best. Um, I don't have anything else. Do you? Do. All right, Chris. Where can people find you? You can find me on twotruefreaks.com. That's our website where we have all the Two True Freaks podcasts, and including this one. We are also on social media on Facebook. We have the Two True Freaks podcast, where if you belong to that, you will see all our episodes that we post as they come out. And the Two True Freaks cantina, where you can go and chat. And our brand spanking new Two True Freaks Discord, where you can go to and talk to, you know, you can go into the chat room for each of our individual shows and chat about whatever you want to do with that show and all that there there will be invitations up on on our facebook and on coming up our twitter feed which is on of all places twitter and run by gene gene the twitter machine <laughs> twitter is breaking all the time gene twitter's on the rocks gene oh my gosh i will i was thinking about what you. i haven't been on it like two months now i i i I checked it out when he when elon musk first took over it i found out that my 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 password had been compromised within two weeks of him taking over changed my password and i haven't been on it since i mean uh you were you had mentioned that to me i don't know i don't remember if you said that on show or not but you mentioned that to me and the last month i've had two separate friends receive weird emails from me um and when we actually looked at it it wasn't my actual email it was like spoof emails of people using my names and i was talking to my friend who like takes care of my computer forever and he was like it's probably from twitter to be honest yeah probably yeah no yeah no no that i um my my malware program did a did a dark web search and yep found my and i'm just like yep that makes sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. so everybody out there on twitter you know change your password regularly would probably be a good good idea if you're going to be on twitter you know if you can get the two-factor authentication that's uh elon apparently wants to charge us for so uh yeah i don't i i like i'm afraid of that too because you're giving them information for that yeah (laughs) you know what i'm you know what i'm saying (laughs) Change you know, get, give it. They're not reliable to like. You know, I really feel bad for the people that have already, you know, like sent in pictures of their license plate and all that stuff. You know, or whatever. You know, their their cell phone number and stuff like that. That's it's not good. But it's. But then again, their cell phone number, all that stuff is getting stolen regularly too. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. Anyway, yeah, really encouraging everybody to go to Twitter right away, but uh, that's, the reality, that's the reality of it. <laughs> you that's know, where you can find. Go to our Discord. Go to our Discord. Yeah, go to our Discord. That's the that's the that's the new way, man. Um, that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? 
you can find me at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter at the time, as long as it's still working. Um, you can also find me at Hope Molinex on Twitter, as long as it's still working. Um, I also work right for Dork Side of the Force. Um, and I've been, of course, it's crazy Mando time, but I'm also still doing Bad Batch stuff too. And I write about Star Wars news and Mando and Bad Batch over there. But uh, yeah, I think Bad Batch is still running by the time this episode comes out. Um, I'm writing a Bad Batch. Yeah, Bad Batch reviews over on the Geeky Waffle, where you can read all my reviews of Season 2. Um, I'm having a blast over there. And also, um, what else do I do? Oh, for Light and Dice, the thing I do with Charles. Hi, Charles. I'm so good at this. Uh, me and my friend Charles, who you know came up with that awesome theory, possibly. Unless he read it somewhere. So, Charles, really let me know. So, you know. Anyway, we do a show called For Light and Dice, and it is a role-playing tabletop podcast. And I do know that some of you listen to it, because I know that Gene and Aaron Henley also both listen to it. Um, they have become friends, and, you know, well, they were friends before. They become fans, I should say, and they like to share it. So I would love to hear other people share it, too. And it's a Star Wars tabletop podcast where we role-play in real time, and the adventure's crazy, and we're having a great time, and we roll dice, and we're having an awesome time. You know who else is gonna be having an awesome time? Us next week with Andor. Oh yeah. Andor. Oh, it's coming. I know. I'm kind of psyched that I get to watch it again. It's it's because I've been watching it with my stepmom, um, and we are about to start the prison arc with her. I'm very yeah. Excited for her. So she's really liking it, but that's also been such an interesting experience to do as well, because she has no context. All she knows is it is good show, and she's loving it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Other it's than providing her like, context, if she wants to watch more. Yeah. Honestly, she's only had like a few questions. Like, um, like. Wait till the uh, next time she watches Return of the Jedi and goes, "It's Pon Mothma." Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna show her Rogue One until after season two comes out because I don't want to spoil that. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna let her watch the show. I'm not even gonna tell her Cassian's dead now. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna let her watch the show and then we'll yeah, watch Rogue yeah. One, so. Yeah. Um, but that's been a really fun experience to be able to, like, watch it with her, so. Yeah. Anyway, guys, come back next week and we'll be starting Andor. And again, we're gonna be changing up the format of the show, so let us know if you like the new format. And if so, then maybe we'll carry it into Bad Batch. See what everybody says, so. Yeah. Yeah, we have to see if we like the new format. <laughs> you yeah, might that's hate true. It after the first week. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is this. There's no real acts in Andor. It's a lot of it is just stuffs happening, <laughs> um, yes. and it just all leads in together. So I, I couldn't think of a better way to do it. So um, yeah. All right, you guys. See you next week for Andor. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. All right, children, the lights are out and the party's over. It's time for me, Dr. D, to start running and say goodbye for a little while. And I know you're gonna miss me, so I'll leave you with this. You know that big ball of radiation we call the sun? Well, it'll burst you into flames if you stay in one place too long. That is if the static don't get you first. So remember, even if you're dusted, you may be gone. But out here in the desert, your shadow lives on without you. This is Dr. Death Defying, signing off.